Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Jesus. This is episode 34, which is crazy to think about as well. But today, I am joined with Colin McHale. Hey, hey. good man, how are you? Good. It's like really early. It Would you say this is early for you? Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore? Not anymore. After I, I have a one and a half year old and... She's ready to go at like five in the morning sometimes, so. Yeah. Oh, jeez, yeah. In the past, it was pretty early, but. That's true. Uh, but I used to wake up at, you know, 3.30 every morning, because if we're talking about coffee here, mm-hmm. I was a manager at Dutch Bros, re- regional oh, yeah. regional manager at Dutch Bros in Albany for a while. I was waking up at like 3.30 in the morning on a regular basis, so. Yeah. So you Now that I'm talking about it, yeah. it's not that early, but it, you got to have your coffee to be able to go oh, with yeah. it, so. Oh, yeah. All my yeah. all my listeners know that we all feel the same. Oof. Hopefully, <laughs> I know Joey and I were talking today, and it was or last night about getting together. I'm like, well, whatever we do, we got to get coffee. So <laughs> yeah, that's facts. So yeah, you would definitely say you know your way around the coffee mug. You know, yeah, the works behind it, especially Dutch Bros, which is yeah. A big thing. Do you want to kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I got the opportunity to start working for Dutch Bros. Um, under my brother-in-law here in town, and then started kind of moving up from there. Became a regional manager where I got to be like the trainer yeah. for for people. So I managed stores for a while, and then I moved into the warehouse for a while, and did that, and really got into coffee, and really got into just kind of the workings of coffee more than just drinking coffee. Yeah. Um, and so my wife definitely reaps the benefit from that because now we have an espresso machine at home and she said it was the best gift she ever gave me because <laughs> I make her coffee every every weekend and yeah. I'm super into it so it's oh, been sorry. a cool journey and get to meet a lot of cool people at Dutch Bros I think that was probably one of the best things I've ever done um so yeah that's yeah. and now I'm in education which is yeah. a whole different world very different uh but it was a good good journey to to work at Dutch Bros and definitely uh, probably the best thing I ever did in my life as far as uh, as far as job Mm. and so would you say that's a really good like starting job especially for like people coming out of high school or don't know what to do absolutely yeah I think um Dutch Bros in itself has changed so much Mm -hmm. in the last couple years and that's uh, one of the reasons I went a different direction which is Mm -hmm. totally fine um, but I think especially now it's catered towards hiring young adults um, and teaching them the the workforce and teaching them how to work hard. Yeah. And uh, then they can move on and either stay with the company or move on and do, be really successful in other things. Yeah. But being a regional manager, that was like our biggest thing is how can we set young adults up to be successful in the future. Mm. So that was um, that was cool to see. Uh, I, I hired fairly young kids in high school that stayed forever in the company, um, still with the company, but I also hired young kids that went on and were really successful at, in four-year colleges and yeah. jobs and stuff. So it was cool to see that work out. <clears throat> and I think it is a really great starting job for anybody. Um, yeah. and it can blossom into a career now. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. That's so cool. Yeah. It's such a, like interesting fact about you you just throw at people yeah and it gives me a lot of credit at the high school like kids kids don't believe me anymore that i used to work there but 
then I started talking the lingo a little bit and talking yeah. about, especially kids that work there now that are at the high school, and it gives me a little bit more credit. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So um, you are a worship leader here at the River Center. Yeah. And I remember it was just like. Honestly, it was awesome when you showed up because, like, I think during that time we were transitioning with just different, I think it was, like, different theology and just our understanding on grace. Mm. And right when kind of those things were changing, like, you just showed up. And so I think during the time we lost some people, we lost some, like, worship leaders, but then you came, and so was your wife, and it was just like, oh, we're chilling. Yeah. You guys are great. That was wild how that worked out, too. I mean... I've been playing music for a long time um, in bands. My wife's a phenomenal worship leader as well. And so we were just kind of in, we were looking to change some things up. And my wife's a dental hygienist. I think it was your mom was like yeah. uh, getting her teeth cleaned or something. was like, hey, we could use <laughs> yeah. uh, more musicians. And we are like, yeah, we're in a part of our life where we're looking for something else too. And yeah. it just worked out. And we've been here ever since. It's been yeah. awesome, like yeah. huge for us. That's awesome. So. Yeah, can you kind of talk about, like, how you went about just understanding who God is in your life and that relationship you personally grew with Him? And also kind of going into how that gave you desire to be, like, a worship leader. Yeah. That's good. That's a great question. Um, I grew up in the the Methodist church Mm -hmm. as a kid, um, and a lot of it was... Um, very status driven, you know, where you look good because you're at church, and um, I love those people, uh, but I was looking for something else. Um, kind of my, why do I go to church? Why do I uh, want to be? Why do I want to learn about Jesus? You know, um, and so I ended up being. I was a mu- young musician at the time. Ended up playing for a youth group here in town that wasn't related to that church. Um, and I realized very quickly that music was my connection to um, feeling the spirit. Yeah. And so um, just kind of grew up in that world of music and being a worship leader and trying to really figure out what that means and how I facilitate worship. Because yeah. um, I also figured out really quickly that I'm not just there to worship for myself, but to facilitate worship for other people. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think music is a huge part of my life. It was kind of my niche growing up in my family and friends. Um, and then that became the way I connected to the spirit. And I, and I, and then I felt like this is also a gifting I could use to connect other people to the spirit, um, and to, to God's story. And that's been a huge part of my life too, is to try to figure out like, what's where does my story align with God's story? And um, I think you mentioned grace. I think grace is a huge part of that. But just uh, yeah, music has always been my connection, and it's really stuck with me over the years. And then my wife, like I said, my wife plays music too, so it's both of us um, trying to navigate where does music fall into our faith and. It's huge. It's a huge part of it, you know. And I would say, a lot of people think of like, um, a, a church services, uh, worship, singing, and then you get into the message or the the sermon. Yeah. 
and getting into that, I'm, I want to be the one that facilitates the, the spirit um, in that and make it more than just like, here we sing, here we yeah. do the sermon. Like, how can we dive deeper in that as a whole? Um, when I'm doing worship and uh, it's been a, a process for sure yeah. to learn that, you know, yeah. and then learn it's like none of is it about none of it is about me or my yeah. skill level or how I uh, work with people, but just how God's going to move. Yeah. And that's been really great. Yeah. So oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It even just makes me think about kind of like the season we're in with just like talking about like. Like, our church is really focused on church planting and building up. And so there's that aspect of, like, we really do need to feel, like, God's presence. We really do want to feel direction and understanding, yeah. like, what does God want to do with us today? What does God want to do with us next year? And so for me, too, like, I feel like with, like, my prophetic gifting sometimes as well as just worship is such a key thing. For, for sure. Just, like feel the presence of God and I that's kind of like how I feel it as well is through worship and I think it's so cool because even like during like the season that we're in with our church it does feel like the worship leads into the sermon most of the time yeah where it's just like God's already speaking in a way through the worship what he's already going to be speaking through the service and so it's like he said it's like it's not it shouldn't be separated like yeah this section is worship. Yeah, somebody once told me, or I heard it somewhere, you mentioned grace, and I, I look at it as like, you can't, it's like a breath. You can't breathe out worship without breathing in grace. Oh, and you can't yeah. breathe in gra- the grace of Jesus without worship. You can't have one without the other. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so, uh, when I'm looking at it, it's like, okay, how do we facilitate like God's spirit pressing on, like his grace yeah. you know and then how do we give back and worship that and because worship can be anything right yeah. but we get the tool of and the, the gift of music to do that and how do yeah. we facilitate that so. oh, yeah that's great i love that metaphor or analogy yeah <laughs> that's so good um i have another question too is that there's a lot of people that i interact with especially when i was in college and um people i check in with every once in a while that kind of struggle with like say they know grace and but then it's like their life doesn't really reflect it Hmm. and so it's kind of but their struggle is that they're just like it's just hard to battle with them their old self around people they know that knew them before their understanding of grace and it's like how do you break through and saying this is not me anymore like, yeah. especially thinking about like high schoolers and like that was kind of a big time for me where it's like I wasn't I still didn't understand grace but it's like I said I did but at the same time I was still my old self around the same people yeah and then Sunday I was like a different person and so, yeah that's a good question um I immediately think of like I'm the youngest of my family and my brothers and sisters still have like a huge influence on my life and I feel like I struggle with that or I have struggled with that. Like when I get together with them, like you're still the younger brother, right? You're still like the little kid. And so I think about that too. And I think part of that is just trying to find your identity. One, 
is understanding grace and surrounding your people that do as well. And I think that's been a huge part of my journey is like trying to find the people that believe the same as me and, and you, you know, you kind of, and I see it a lot in high school, right? You, you are who your community is. Right. And so I want to make sure that I stick with the people that have the same beliefs. But also I think it's just, I think you can totally be who you are around those people that you knew before, Mm -hmm. but have that, have that, uh, balance of it's almost like there's you can be the same but be a little bit different too and i it, another thing that comes to mind is i i talk to a lot of kids about coding right and what what i how i feel about that is like understanding who you are and where you're at and so i've got a lot of kids that come from tough homes yeah and it's like whatever you guys do at home or however you talk at home or however you present yourself at home is totally fine but you have to be able to to change that when you um come into the school setting right you have to be able to um change that when you come into your workplace whatever we dealt with that at dutch bros a lot too mm-hmm. and it's kind of that same way with like understanding your grace understanding who you are mm-hmm. is like you might be a little bit different with your friends however you still have that that core of like this is what i want to be yeah. and i think it'll come out in your life in your life you know in your light and your how you act and i think um understanding that grace and the more you're with that community that believes the same, yeah. it's gonna carry over, mm-hmm. um, and you're gonna and you can still you you're gonna be the same, but there's gonna be something a little bit different about you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that was a long answer for not no, not that much, good. but um, that's kind of how I feel too. I mean, I struggled a little bit with like how do you how do you be the person you want to be even when you already have this like. Um, stigma or reputation before right and you know and you still have those friendships you know and even just have being that having that clear communication of yeah this is how you know and trying to get that respect of like this is who i want to be you know and so definitely surrounding yourself by those people would be huge yeah Yeah, that's so good yeah it's just even like thinking about like where we're at in life where it's like in the past it was so focused on like we want our identity to be shaped in the image of Christ and we want to live like that and I think that's been the like reflecting now it feels like that was the main focus and the main thought behind like high school times and like even college like you're just like shape God is just shaping you to be more like Christ around those who don't know Jesus yeah it's like those are sometimes like the hardest times because just like you're dealing with people that are like your best friends or even just people that are just like new and you're just like wanting to love them but also say no to things are unrighteous absolutely yeah like those are hard but now it's like I feel like as you mature and when you get that foundation of your identity it becomes now you're searching for what God's desiring you to be and it's like we already know we're Christ-like. We want to be more Christ-like and more firm in that. Yeah. But now it's like we're desiring our lives now, like our literal like pathways to be what God's wanting us to do. And like we talk about like church planning. And so like 
it does feel like we're both in this time of just being patient and just yeah. like, waiting. But we do feel that desire to make our lives shaped into what God's calling us into. Yeah, I think you know on the, on the head. I think if you have that desire, mm-hmm. like you put all your time and effort into what you want. And if your desire is there, it's going to follow, yeah. right? That's so, true. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What do you think? Because I know our church is really into youth group and like mm-hmm. we have all these youth camps and they're super, super important. But for you with your experience in the high school, like how, what would you be like the best way to bring Jesus in the middle of it? Whereas it's not really, you're not really supposed to explicitly by like yeah. teachers or anything like preach Jesus, yeah. but how do you bring Jesus into that high school? Yeah. Meet them where they're at. Mm. That's where I'm at every single day. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're surrounded by, you know, kids trying to find their identity and that's what it is you know whether it be culture telling kids you can find your identity in different you know um sexual identities or um uh, gender identities all this stuff and i I have this conversation with craig haney a lot where we talk because he's an administrator at the school too Mm -hmm. um and he's goes to our church and it's like how do we love on these kids um and be real and uh, show our light in it. And I think for me, it's meeting them where they're at, respecting mm-hmm. who they are yeah. um, and trying to get that uh, that foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these kids are trying to find their identity because they don't have the identity at home or with their family or, you know, so then they find like people that have shared thoughts or even a community mm-hmm. and they, they're there. And then I'm not sure that I'm not convinced that kids um, are totally bought into what they're doing. They just have people that care about them yeah. in that, right? So mm-hmm. if they're searching for their identity, whether that be gender or, or sexual or even social, um, they find people that accept them, yeah. and then they they atta- attach to that, right? Yeah. And so for me, it's like I, I have to respect in the moment, like who they are and what they believe. Mm -hmm. So then I can put my foot in the door and speak truth to in a loving way. Um, that doesn't even, I've feel like it's kind of like a, um, incognito way. Right. So, cause we, yeah, in public schools, you can't just be like, Hey, let's talk about Jesus, but you can, um, share like, Hey, we care about you. You know, Hey, we, you know, why don't you get involved in this? Or why don't you, um, and just showing that an adult cares is a huge part too because yeah. they come from all these places where they're trying to find people that care and they find they're going to find that community wherever and how can we make that a positive yeah. community whether you know and respecting in the moment what they feel like they believe yeah okay you know and the other, I think the other thing too is just listening yeah like we we have a lot of kids I don't think are listened to yeah. And so in my job, I get the opportunity to have a lot of one-on-ones with kids mm. and sometimes their behavior, right? Yeah. Like it's, uh, that's my job is dealing with behavior, yeah. but I get to sit and go like, how are you doing? Yeah. You know? And they, at first are like, I'm fine, whatever. And yeah. you're like, no, re- honestly, be honest with me. Mm-hmm. Like what's going on? How are you doing? And a lot of stuff comes out and you kind of see them go, oh, he, like he cares. 
You know, he's yeah. he actually is interested in what's going on. And you see that flip a little bit where they're like, something's a little bit different here. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, meeting them where they're at and listening to them yeah. are, are big in my world. Yeah, that's so good. It reminds me a lot of like when Jesus met with the woman at the well. It's like, it was such a random thing that was just in the Bible. But it, yeah. at the same time, like Jesus like shows that he cares for that one person. Yeah. Like he goes out of his way. And, like, he doesn't, like, bash her or, like, shame on her like all everyone else did. And it's, like, he comes to her and he's listening to her and he's just speaking life to her. And yeah. Like, I'm here for you. Like, just call me. Just come to me. And it's, like, that changed, like, everything for her. Absolutely. And it's, like, that's how we should be to those who are struggling as well. Like you said, just listening and yeah. being there for them. What I learned really quickly, it's not just about the kids that show that they're not doing well. Mm. I deal with a lot of kids that are, you know, could be quoted as the popular kids or the um, have it put together. Sometimes they're not doing well either. So just listening, listening intentionally and meeting them where they're at, even in there where they feel like they're doing really great. Yeah. You know, I remember being in high school and thinking that like, hey, I'm a, I'm a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. You know, and then going to college and being like. I'm a really small fish in a really big pond. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. so whether they're, you know, they're visually not doing well or they visually seem like they're doing well, yeah. it's all the same to me. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's good. I know that's a really good thought because, like, a lot of people, like, I guess when they think about somebody that's struggling, they're, all, they're thinking they're visually struggling already. Yeah. Where it's like that's not always the case. And it's like it could be that person that's quiet and just being to themselves. Yeah. And like even thinking about me, it's like I was kind of a little bit outgoing in high school, but it's like at the same time I was struggling in my yeah. own way. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I think being there for everyone is so important. It's Absolutely. So yeah. But um, kind of transition. Let's talk about our future with this church and kind of what we've been talking about for the past like two years yeah it's yeah (laughs) it's like it's exciting it is it's like it does really it really does feel like our church is moving in the direction of church planning and there's things going on where it's just like i was even thinking about like last sunday like do you remember when after the service it was just like there was that moment where just all these people were just coming up at Mm -hmm. the end that was just like to me i still reflect on that because i feel like that doesn't happen very often but that was so good for people just to come up at the end of the service and like receive prayer and like admit like i want to i feel like there's more god wants to do with me i i desire yeah yeah and it's like that's kind of where we've been at and what we've felt is god's desiring church planning in our lives and even there's something more than just being at church and helping out that that there's a aspect of going out yeah that we're feeling called to and so I think for a lot of people, it's hard for them to take a because ri- it, it is a risk because we're being faithful and we're not we don't see what it's gonna look like. Right. So it's like we're trusting that God has that, and so I guess kind of just talk about just like understanding how to be. For me, talking to you helped me a lot to just be patient. Yeah. And just remain just trusting in God, and so kind of share to someone that kind of feels like. Kind of like talk about if somebody was just struggling with that patience aspect. Yeah, absolutely. My wife and I have talked a lot about patience and not knowing 
where we're going to be in the next couple years. Um, and it's been an ongoing conversation probably our entire marriage, you know. My wife is is one of those people, that's, she's a she's a go-getter, you know what yeah. I mean? And so it's always like, well, what's the next step? What are we doing? Where are we going? <laughs> yeah. You know, and um, uh, we've just in the past couple of years have really been trying to listen to what God has to has in store for us and it's God's story. We're really big on it's God's story and not our story. Yeah. And so um we we just recently within the last couple of years have really felt like we are called to go and do um but we're also feel like we're hearing that we just have to be patient, you know. Yeah. And and being completely okay with hey where we're at in our jobs are really great right now mm-hmm. um, and being okay with um, not knowing what the future holds and all in the same. Cause sometimes we'll, we both, if our jobs are going well, it's like, well, maybe we're supposed to stay here and it's just all yeah. for nothing, yeah. you know? And then it's like, well, wait a minute. Like that's kind of the beauty of it is that we don't have to know. Yeah. Um, and a lot of things have kind of aligned for us that it looks like we're supposed to go and do in the future. Like, um, near future as in like year or two. Yeah. Um, but also in my mind, in order for me to be patient while I'm being patient, I can prepare. Mm. And so that yeah. has been really awesome for me to be like, I'm not just being patient and waiting and doing nothing. It's like, I'm being patient, waiting, learning, um, like honing in on what worship means to me. Cause I feel like in my world, um, that's kind of my, where I can contribute my gifts to a church plan is yeah. like worship, leading worship. But then it's like all of a sudden God's saying like, I don't know that worship is the only thing you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, I think you could be a leader in the church. I think you could speak to people. I think you could do all that. And it's like, I'm not so sure if I just jumped into yeah. it, yeah. Um, I wouldn't learn those things or hear those things from God. Yeah. And so, yeah, being patient is big, but taking advantage of that time of being patient to learn and be prepared because, you know, you and I have talked about when we do this, it's not really an, if we do this, it's like when we do this, it's like, we want to be prepared so that we are doing it the right way and we're doing it how God wants us to do it. And in the moment we're going to glean and learn from all these amazing people around us, you know, where it's like, we have so many people around us that know so much more than we do. Like we can learn and learn more about ourselves and our style and how we want to go about, um, doing this in a different setting yeah. that is, you know, shepherded by this church. Yeah. Um, so yeah, using this time just to, to learn as much as I can. And then hopefully when the time comes, it's like, Oh, the time is now. Like I don't, yeah. then I, I didn't spend all this time being patient and, and worrying about it. Like I go to my job and I try to do well there. Yeah. I come here and I learn, I learn more about myself. And then it's like, well, it's already been, you know, a year or two years and it's like, it's ready. We're ready to go. Yeah. So I think that's just a big part of it is taking advantage of that time that we're being patient. Yeah. Um, and not being, you know, don't put the cart before the horse and just get like, um, like impatient and crazy about like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. It's like, okay, we think we're, we, we feel like we're supposed to go. God's going to take care of that timing and all that stuff. I get to take care of this time that God has given me. Yeah. to learn and yeah. um and just go from there so yeah that's so good i yeah. know a lot of the times it's like you forget that patience doesn't mean there's no growth it's like there's still right. growth in patience yeah. 
It's like God's still working in us, like like He said, preparing us, and like we're getting ready, we're growing in our relationship with God, we're understanding yeah. what God's doing in the moment. And it may not be like church planning specifically yeah. or whatever what God's calling you into, but it's like there's still that growth in the patience of it, in the waiting. And like thinking about Jesus, how patient he was. Like he didn't just go right away and be like, okay, put me on the cross. It's like right. he was in the forest. He was in, over here, over there. He was spending time with God just praying. And it was like, it was all that build on me. He's like, it's not my time yet. And then it's like when they were at the supper, the last supper, he was like, it's time. Yeah. And it's like it. so much of our lives we can just like look back and just reflect on like, oh, Jesus did that too. And I think that's kind of like the beauty of all of it. That's yeah, so cool. epic, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> epic. It's like, man. But... Yeah, kind of finish off. What would you say would be the best coffee in town? But you can't pick Dutch Bros. Oh man! And also, I'll I'll widen the range, like within a twenty mile radius. So you can within go a twenty to mile radius. To... Side note: I don't know that I would say Dutch Bros is fantastic, but I don't mm-hmm. know that I'd say that it'd be the best, even if I could choose that one. Do you like? Are you more into like a house, like coffee shop? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. one of our, uh, let's see, I'm a huge fan of Sister's Coffee. I know that's outside oh. of your 20-mile radius. Yeah, that's but, fine. Uh, but we go to, like, Brick and Mortar in Albany, yeah. and they have Sister's Coffee. Brick like, and they're, Mortar? Yeah, it's a really? restaurant downtown. Yeah, yeah they, they have, have Sister's coffee? coffee. Wow. Yeah, and um, Margin Coffee in Albany is really good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're going to Sisters this weekend, and I'm like stoked to just to get, like pack up on yeah. coffee beans, you know? Like, Dude, yeah. I'm a big fan of, of Sisters coffee. Oh, that so, sounds good. It is good coffee. I forget about that. Yeah. You know what's crazy too is that Margin Coffee they mm-hmm. serve like wine. Sometimes. Do they really? Yeah. Interesting. And I was like, I was over there with like Itzel one time, mm-hmm. and we were just gonna get coffee, and then we come in there like serving wine. That's it, awesome. Isn't that wild? Yeah. It's so fun though. But yeah, but yeah, anyway. I would say Sisters Coffee is up there right now in our coffee machine at home, our espresso machine. We have we went to Costa Rica this year, oh, and we yeah. have coffee from Costa Rica, and that's pretty awesome. That is. Awesome. So it's hard to beat like just making coffee at home sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So definitely. Even though I spend way too much money on coffee, so dude, I'll be honest. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you don't see my bank. It's just like it's bad. But anyway, thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having I really me. Appreciate it. Yeah, it really does feel like God is doing something new with you, and it's like we're both in it together, and so it's like really, it's really exciting, and this has all just been a fun journey. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. All right. All right. Well, everyone listening, thank you for listening, and go get yourself an iced vanilla latte.